Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We just have a good rhythm together, you know. He sort of feels me out. I feel him out. And uh, we go for it. We're at an all-time high. We'll take on the world and win. Doing so much more than falling in love. Bond themes to get you through. Ah, is that what that was? Maybe I should kick off every episode with a different Bond theme. I don't think so. Welcome along to episode 23 of The Worst Idea of All Time, uh, a podcast in which Tim and I are watching and reviewing Sex in the City, the film, at pace. Uh, Ever heard of it? It's a movie you shouldn't watch because it ain't no good. So, uh, as always, or as, as we have largely been so far this season, we are separated by great masses of land and water. Uh, I'm recording in New York. Tim is, of course, at Little Empire HQ in Greylin, Auckland, New Zealand. That was the worst uh, screening of Sex in the City I've had so far. Um, I felt I, like... I. I agree. I'm with you on that. Me also. I felt like uh, my energy was being reflected back to me by the girls. Uh, mm-hmm. I just felt like we were, there was this really, we were just, all of us, everyone involved in the operation were trapped in a in a, an unhealthy and lethargic state. And uh, okay, none of us could do anything to shake it off. There was, there was nothing in the way of uh, game changers. To... Tell me some more. I want to dig into how you felt about it. Tell me some more feeling words around the sort of emotional state you were going through watching it. This is, uh, I, this I, is what I, I want to I've got to start with the coverall of just low. Just like, mm. um, just really unhappy and resigned. Uh, Resentful at all? Or did you not have the energy no, to be No, I angry? didn't even, there was not even the spark of, you know, arguably righteous you know the indignity of it i couldn't even muster the the energy to be upset by i was just like oh just you know just this is my life uh like probably the most heavy amount of regret i've felt since agreeing to do this season i feel like personally 
digging up this podcast uh, format has served its purpose of keeping us in regular contact. Um, and we now talk somewhat you know, regularly around recording the podcast, which is kind of... Uh, see, it's becoming Pavlovian. Just admit it, guy. We no, fucked up. No. What the aim was was for us to be friends again, but what we did is... Uh, this this is this is a very dangerous well, work environment that we've built for uh, ourselves instead. Well, I, I, you know, it's interesting you bring that up. I'm glad you do because um, our last episode, I felt like, well, you know, the movie was not necessarily enjoyable. We were both in pretty good spirits, and mm-hmm. uh, a little peek behind the curtain here. I feel like some of that can be attributed to. Uh, at the end of the episode before that, we had scheduled to do some work that I could no longer do, and I I uh, bailed on it, and you were very irate. You became frustrated and upset. Um, Highly. And we sort of, uh, it was like, I, I, it was there was tension between us in a way that is not very familiar to me. I don't know if, if you can recall any times when there's been genuine tension between us, can you? Uh, no, I don't think so. Like, that was probably as close to as close to it as it's been. And the many, many years, apart from what's been captured on microphone, that we've been doing this now. And uh, But we sort of, we both, you know, we both uh, acknowledged wrongdoing and, and, and moved on. And uh, I felt like the last episode of the podcast was the podcasting equivalent of make-up sex. Um, <laughs> I see. Like, I felt like it served a really important purpose in terms of our interpersonal relationship where we were happy to be with it with each other like it was a reminder of why we were doing it and um this not episode but certainly screening of sex in the city felt to me like uh if not the immediate moments maybe the hours the morning and the day after the makeup sex where uh and this is not to do with you but to do with the movie where all of the reasons why there was makeup sex to be had in the first place. Yeah. Uh, sort of bubble back up to the surface. And that you, you think it's akin to we should have broken up rather than get back together. I don't think we should have broken up. I don't think I could live with that, Tim. I uh, I genuinely cannot describe how uh, how bad I felt when I realized how angry you were. Uh, I felt like I, I felt very heavy and... Uh, and naughty's too too simple too simpler a word for it. Like I just felt bad, like to my core. So I don't think breaking up is the fix, but I just think like, you know, that sort of orgasmic sexy glow that was both written all over our voices and faces during the last record has completely drained out of my body. And uh this was like well, now that we've gone, just the screening, man, I, I'm just trying to find ways to articulate how it felt. And it was just... You're doing a good job. It was drudgery. It was uh, it was like everything that's, you know, like in the throes of climax, you know, I've never felt so close to you. But uh, this is just like all bad, bad, bad falling action. Bad, bad, bad. Uh, how are you feeling, friend? Not good at all. It took such an exceptional amount of willpower to actually kick the movie off this morning. I went to bed uh, pretty late last night because I was just doing work and stuff. And we've had to get up very early and often um, in the middle of the night to uh, accommodate this new little doggy that I've got. Um, 
to take him to the bathroom and whatnot outside to make sure that he gets used to that. But as as a result, a little bit sleep deprived. And so I woke up this morning. I was just like, no, no, mm. no, yeah, fuck. And then look at the clock and do the math. It's like, well, I have to start it like this minute to be on time for the record. Oh. So on we went, but it was just so savage. It was savage, man. It's real... Uh, it's, like, mean. It is treating me with meanness now. Uh, with real contempt. Where where did it feel the meanest and or, like, the saggiest? At what point were you like, this does go on forever? So, the moments just before kicking off the movie, before pressing play, were, like, terrible... And then you, the the fuck it. You said this a couple episodes ago. The music kicks off, and I took massive issue with that. Yeah. Huge umbrage with the sexed up Sex in the City theme song that they've wheeled out as being the um, sort of unofficial score of this film. It really perturbed me, and you just, I was just feeling so defeated, really hopeless. And then you kind of kick into it, it starts, events start happening, we've got the big montage and whatnot, we've got Big putting an entire nose in his mouth, which is fucking weird. And then you kind of get through some things, some things are going on, but it's it's the fucking dress sequence, man. Mm. Every time, so many dresses. The, so many. Just hanging out with old friends. Like like Stanford Blatch, Charlotte Charlotte York, I can't remember, and then she starts reeling off the brands, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, here's like, what I want to do, guy. Like Vera Wang, Can I, I wrote them all down this week, Tim. <laughs> and Caroline Why? Brown, and Christian Lacroix, and Maya Gown is all I could make out, and Dior, and Oscar De La Rente, and finally. Vivian Westwood. A dress so beautiful it could draw a tear from even the most... Fuck, what's the word she uses? Is it cynical? Yeah, I think so. Even the most... Unbelieving? The most cynic- Unbelieving. Uh, wedding guests or something like that. Fuck. I'm, try- I'm getting better each time, but I'm still not where I should be with the script. Okay, here's my offer, guy. I'm on cosmopolitan.com because I've just searched for the Witch Sex in the City gal are you? You ready to dip in? (laughs) We're going to do a quiz. Okay. Now, I want you to know that the first thing is, you know websites now when you go on and like every fucking single one of them is like, hey, do you want notifications on this website? And you go... Well, I didn't want notifications on the previous 950,000 websites, but you know what? Obscure shopping website from Australia where I'm going to buy a dog toy. Yeah, sure. Please keep me up to date on the latest goings and comings of your particular organization. I need to know. Please embed them into my browser so my web experience can be truly complete. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, Cosmo's version of that is they've got a little dialogue box that says, want to stay on top of all the shit you actually care about? Sign up now. The two options, guy, are obviously and I'm boring. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I don't even know if that's legal. This feels like it, the the wording on that runs afoul of the EU regulations. Yeah. It feels like you can't wit- just witness tampering. Have, I'm boring. It does, yeah, exactly. And, uh, okay, so we get past that dialogue box. Then it says, "Cosmopolitan want makeup hacks that will change your life." Enter your email for secrets and shortcuts. Fuck off. Bring me to the quiz. I would like to say this, Tim, and mm-hmm. feel free to push back. Mm-hmm. This is as low as we've been this season. Yes. Yes. I know, I know it's not appealing, but this quiz, this feels like a celebration, a triumph. This feels like a distraction. It feels like uh, a, a moment's escape from these awful feelings that we're both having. I am much more interested in hearing you drag yourself through the muck and the mire of your current mental state than I am in knowing which Sex in the City gals we both are because the answer is clear to me. Yeah? I'm a Miranda. Well, let's test if that's true. Surely there can be no greater authority on this than Cosmopolitan magazine. Okay. What do you say, buddy? Here's the thing, guy. There are... A few different... I was going to say there's two kinds of people in this world. Maybe maybe that's true. Let's run with that for a second. There's two kinds of people in this world. There's the kind of people who, when they get sad, they put on a dowel and they celebrate their sadness and they stay in it and often they stay there for too long and they just want to, like, feel all the negativity, process and go through it. And then there's people like me who just want to forget about all that, put on some Venga Boys... And just dance your woes away. Let's do this quiz. I I think that there's... I think I'm a positive person. I like to feel good. I think that's established. I mean, you know that, Tim. It's canon. But there's value in, in leaning into the misery. Not just in this instance. There's value in allowing yourself to feel sad. Because once the quiz is over, we're still in the same quandary, you know... Or that, then we will deal. We will cross that bridge when we We've come. We've still to it, got like twenty nine more screenings of this movie to go. Don't say that. Why? It's that true. Is a disgusting thing to say. Not even over You're the halfway man. mark. This is how it Let's, feels. Hey, this, mate. What this, you just said out loud is fucked. This You're is fucked. This mate. is what it's meant to feel like, Tim. This feels familiar. This is where we got to at this point with Sex in the City too. I think. Yeah. It was right around this. This is a familiar neighbourhood. I've been I've been in the suburb before. These houses. I it, know these honestly, houses. They're broken down. It feels scary, and I can I I can feel it. It is a physical presence that I can feel all the way from my chest down to the the bottom of my heels, like this. Um, Ah, just this this dread, this deep dread. Oh, baby. Uh, oh, it's so. It's a lot. I think we talk about this often, but it's for a good reason. A lot is to do with the duration. There is something to be said for how long you're just spending in it, inside of it. That's what's far too long. That's meant to be what makes it funnier. 
Anyhow, I am now that I've communicated that feeling I feel sufficiently, I'm happy to take this quiz so that those 29 looming screenings can be taken secure in the knowledge which character I am, according to the good folks at Cosmopolitan, meant to empathize with the most. I can barely talk. I can barely summon words right now. Uh, hey, guy, uh, I believe each question will play out like this. There is a question and then four possible answers you tell me what one you relate to the most love at first sight is absolutely real forget love i'd rather have sex cute in theory or utter fiction uh cute in theory oh that's a good answer um guy you haven't got any action lately you pull out your handy vibrator focus on other things such as reading and jogging Go on the aggressive meeting people, uh, friends, dating apps, you'll find someone. Or, finally, there's something called Tinder that can easily take care of that. Uh, oh, this last two are pretty similar. Yeah, it's a tough one to answer. I, I, I feel like it would be, I would action it somehow. Uh, mm. So one of them's aggressive and one of them's just going on Tinder. Even though I'm a not... Uh, big into tinder i feel like the tone of that answer represents best Mm. how what i would do good i've selected that for you um guy your lingerie of choice is a colorful bra and a thong just a little edge a lacy corset that doesn't require too much skill to take off a very cute bra and panty set or whatever's functional since it's coming off anyway uh probably the I do like matching, but I think I would I would wear uh oh, no, I don't know that I would wear a thong. It's a, a bun, it's a pain in the but uh I think oh, this is actually quite fun. Uh I think I would wear I'll go for the, the, the fun the thong and the the fun bra is it is it a fun bra okay so so the, the, there's um two options you're leaning to one of them says a colorful bra and a thong just a little edge yeah the other says a very cute bra and panty set uh i think i like the just the little edge i like that tag so okay, i'm gonna go for that great guy the guy you're into is starting to fade what's your last move is it A, an invitation to a home-cooked meal at your place? B, an invite to meet you at the bar where you'll look your hottest? C, some decent sex uh, ending with a promise that if he comes by, you'll give him a night he'll never forget? Or D, a text straight up asking what the deal is, and if he's not interested, he should just stop talking to you now? Uh, i got to tell you, I think I would go to the bar. And yeah, that's that's largely because I feel like you know, if you're not sure how your energy is with this person, I don't want them in my house risking like a night yeah. of shit conversation trapped in my own home. Hard out. Text, That's a great answer. Text is too indirect. And like, I don't think mm-hmm. I would ever be capable of sending a message being like, I'm going to give you the best night of your life. That is... Can I ask you a, another question? As well? So I think we've got our answer there, which is the bar. Um, just a little detour question. Have you ever um, captured your genitals to digital media somehow? Have I taken a dick pic? Yeah. Yes. Good shit. That's not on here. <laughs> that was a quiz for me. Yeah, I guessed as much. Why? Do, why are you curious? It's just something I'm always curious about with with people. Have you? 
I haven't, but I think it's because I'm um, quite paranoid about technology. Yeah, I've never committed my junk to uh, look to that sensible computer. Um, and you know, I if I I can't imagine achieving enough success that that would be of interest to anyone. But uh, what can I what can I, I say, Tim? I live in You've New- been naked on stage though. I've seen your penis. And and people I I've I am pretty sure I'm naked in other people's photos, which is a slightly different thing. But uh, um Yeah, but like yeah, there's, a, there's, a big di- there's a big difference between uh you know, the knowledge that there might be uh your flaccid penis might be in circulation and your erect like your er- erect penis feels to me like a more private penis. It's a hell of a statement piece, isn't it, having that photo out there. Absolutely. Your relationship deal breaker is when the guy, A, is just too clingy and generally asking for too much time. That's not grammatically correct. Is just too clingy and generally asking for too much time. I understand the the gist of it, though. Keep going. Uh, Just has too small a dick. Sorry, you have needs. Wasn't emotionally connect with you. Oh, sorry, won't emotionally connect with you. Or won't put you first. It's between the emotional connection and the clingy one, uh, but uh, I'm going to go for uh, emotionally won't emotionally connect with me. Okay, guy, you had two great great dates with a guy you just met. You, A, are ready to call it and switch to one of other five guys you're dating. Dude's no sensation in bed. <laughs> you can't change the premise of the question in one of the options. B, <laughs> suggest an original date, cooking together, film festival. That'll totally charm him. C, wait for him to text since you know if he's interested, he'll pursue you. That's more romantic. Or D, after Facebook stalking and getting all the intel possible to confirm he's not crazy, reach out and suggest dinner. What? I don't what the f- this one's... <laughs> so what? They've already been, we've already been on two great dates and it's what like, shit? what do I do next? Yeah. I, I just... I guess. I, I go on another date, whatever the closest yeah. to that option was. Yeah, I think suggesting an original date cooking together film festival is probably the... Yeah. Yeah, that's the closest. Yeah, that's the closest. This one's fucking all over the map. Sort it out, Cosmo. Um, guy, what's your favourite sex position? A, cowgirl. B, missionary. C, what isn't? Or D, you don't really have a favourite one. You're into mixing it up. Uh, D. <laughs> Good man. Uh, guy, a guy takes you out to drinks and you want to impress him. So you order A, whatever he's having, because you can take it. B, wine, because you're totally sophisticated. Uh, sorry, it's wine, because that's totally sophisticated. C, sex on the beach, just because the word sex is in it, and he should take a hint. Or D, whatever you want, because your conversation should be impressing him, not alcohol. <laughs> Obviously, it's option D. You, this you is mean, so like, it's stupid, like, though. You go out for yeah, a, you go you're out. asking what you want, though. The question is, like, what do you want to drink? And the answer is, whatever you want. It's like, yeah, okay, <laughs> sweet. What's that? Well, yeah, but the others are all tethered to, you know, how you assume it's being interpreted. But it was the only one which represents any sort of amount of genuine free will. There we go. Okay. 
guy has agency. Roger that. Um, how far this through this the- quiz are we? Oh, and there's no way to tell. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Guy, what's your true sex fantasy? Is it A, the most charming guy in the world after proposing so romantically, of course, takes you home? B, you're seriously asking that? C, a super buff, handsome guy whisks you away to a luxury penthouse and you go at it all night? Or D, this blank won't do it justice. It's that intense. Was there only three options? There's four. So, um, charming guy in the world, most charming guy in the world. The B is just, you're seriously asking that? Uh, C is a super buff, oh. handsome guy at a luxury penthouse. And D, this blank won't do it justice. It's that intense. I interpreted you saying you're seriously asking that as a critique of the quiz. Um, Fair enough. That is written in my voice. What is the question again? Uh, your true sex fantasy. Uh, my true sex charming guy, Charming guy, buff guy, you seriously asking that or... This blank won't do it justice. It's intense. Uh, ch- charming guy. Oh, no, charming guy. no, no. Buff, oh, oh. buff guy. Buff guy. Uh, buff, high, buff guy includes a luxury penthouse. And yeah, you go look, at it all night. To be honest, yeah. Charming guy feels too realistic to me. Whereas buff guy is kind of like, that is, a, that is a bit more of a fantasy. Yeah. Oh, oh, that was it. That was the last one. Guy, guess who you are. Uh, honestly, I have I have no idea. The Guy, I- you're Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> you're confident, fun, and not afraid to put yourself out there and see what you find. Your firm sense of who you are is something people totally envy and flock to. Be true to it against the jerks who come along. Uh, well, that's very that's very sweet. Um, I remember when we first started watching Sex and the City 2, I, I identified with Carrie or wanted to be Carrie the most, if only because I feel like I am the lead in this, you know, the romantic comedy that is my life. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, the more time that we've spent with them, the more I have warmed to Miranda. Um, and I, I, I stand behind that. But uh, yeah, look. What can I say? There it is. Uh, that was actually, uh, I don't know what it was like to listen to, but I was having a really fun time answering those questions. Um, Great. So, 
I, I suppose it was quite long though, so I suppose we'll discover which character you are maybe in the next episode. As I, I, w- oh, I couldn't care less. I would. What? <laughs> I said sorry. I just said I couldn't care less. It's just I just needed something to do, guy, because I really I it, watching it today. I was in such dire straits. I was like, I don't even think I can talk. I need something else to sort of do the thinking for me in this episode. Oh my god. Can you can you uh, tell me? I know that you've sort of you've given an overview of the moments when you felt the lowest, but is there any mm. specific moment that made you cross? When did it feel like the filmmakers and the performers were specifically antagonising you, my friend Tim Bat? I don't know. This it was. It, I I want to give you a moment, but it was just the whole body of work is the thing that makes it so intimidable. Is that the word I'm looking for? And I wanted to cry at different parts of it. When did you want to cry? Mm, most of it. During most of it. I, I, I mean... I, you're, you're, these are two broader strokes, Tim. I want okay, particulars. Okay, fair enough. The, the big punches, the real haymakers that this movie landed on me this week was the dress sequence, which always happens. Uh, the New Year's montage, which always happens as well. Is that, just is that because of old every, Lang Syne? It just is so slow moving and shitty. And also just everything to do with the wedding because there's no fun to be had in any of that stuff. Like there's other little bits where we've got character actors or fun little things or at least Samantha just to brighten up the screen. But when you're dealing with the drudgery of Carrie Bradshaw and John big oh man fuck it's just it it truly is a chore okay i'll flip the question uh who did you care about in this in this screening i cared about well actually this leans into my shining light so should i do that uh to answer the question first let it naturally segue into the shining light i care about louise's family yeah back home in St. Louis she's got um, what I would uh, guess to be a niece a young niece who looks to be about sort of eight years old yeah um, she's got a, a, a mum and a grandma and they're all dress shopping or do, doing the fitting for the wedding dress for her coming nuptials and they seem like good people, and we don't see very much of them. That was your shining light, though. It wasn't my shining light, guy, because you told me not to do the shining light yet. Here is my shining light. <laughs> don't be sniffy with me. It is when the little girl, who I'm guessing is Louise's niece, says, uh, that dress makes your, ba- your boobies look big. And then Louise says... Mama, can you take her? This is a work call. Uh, and then the the mum and the grandma kind of grab her. And my shining light is the look on the grandma's face. <laughs> We're just like, oh, child, you are out of line. Oh, really? <laughs> so so a, a very good, yeah. a very good performance, especially considering yeah. how how little screen time she is afforded. It could be three quarters of a second that she is in this whole movie. Honestly. We should count the frames, but she um, uh, communicates excellently to the um, screen. I'm uh, looking forward to checking in with her next time I watch the movie. 
It's a real treat, guy. It's a real three-quarter of a second treat in this two-and-a-half-hour marathon. Do you know mine? I do. I really do. Uh, I've I've noticed it before, but I enjoyed it the most. I kind of wanted the scene to go for longer just because I was really enjoying the performance that Sarah Jessica Parker was turning in, even though the setup for this scene is one of the most annoying moments in the movie. Uh, Charlotte is at home with her family. It's breakfast time. She's combing through the newspaper and who should appear on page six but her dear friend Carrie Bradshaw. Um, mm-hmm. the wedding, her wedding to Mr. Big, it's been announced, it's gone public. By the way, as a quick aside, can I say, it makes no sense that Carrie is like, everyone seemed to have heard about the wedding. Of course they fucking, she's like, inclu- you know, people you wouldn't even inspect, including my Vogue editor. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. you have a close interpersonal working relationship with this person. There has been a public announcement. It is her job to be across the social pages of a newspaper it is totally reasonable to expect this woman to have caught wind of your wedding. Like, the idea that it's a surprise, it's this sort of faux humble thing that really fucking gets under my skin. Oh, guy. But that's... that's movie's hurt you. No, no, no. Yeah, it has, but no. Uh, but before that happens, she calls up and she says, she says uh, your wedding's in page six. And Carrie is lounging around at home with Big. They're having quite a leisurely morning. It looks like possibly a weekend. And she's mm-hmm. uh, definitely weekend, I, I reckon. She has got some toast, and she's sort of like in comfortable clothes, and she's sitting with her legs up on the couch. And uh, it's sort of it's that whole I've I, I sort of thought of it as toast acting, but that whole yeah the whole energy, the way she sort of just glides through the scene, the way she sits, uh, the way she chews, the way she sort of refers back to big. Uh, between you know the information that Charlotte's feeding her, I just thought it was uh, an absolute masterclass, and um, I'm a big fan of actors, or not of actors, but in the in my limited experience of acting, I'm a big fan of having something to do with my hands. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting when you try to act; it's it's probably the most aware you'll ever be of your hands and generally your lower arms because you're like, oh wow, what am I doing with these all the time? <laughs> uh, and I mean I, 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 not that I think Sarah Jessica Parker needs a piece of toast to, to be convincing in a scene but I just thought it was uh, honestly it was uh, it, and it, it's pretty upsetting because it came so early in the movie but it was a real fucking uh, really was... were you sort of thinking in your head that uh, if you had been cast as Carrie Bradshaw in the, the film make of it you'd be very grateful for that scene because you'd have uh, I think that's, that's definitely part of it. Like, in my mind, I was like, well, you know, if this was the audition scene, there'd, mm. be, there'd be a chance. You would nail it? Not nail it, but I would feel more confident with that being the audition scene than, say, the scene where they're looking around the apartment and I, 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 don't, I don't have a brief of what to do with my hands. Yeah. Do you, when you are acting in films, which you have done, uh, you're actually in a movie that's being released globally on Netflix called The Breaker Uppers. That's right. Support, which everyone should see. Support New Zealand uh, movie making. Support Jackie Van Beek and Madeline Sami. It's a, a very funny film. The Breaker Uppers is streaming all over the world on Netflix except in New Zealand and Australia. Uh, because a different company got in there first because I don't think yeah. the, our mates expected to be able to sell it to streaming giant Netflix. And I tell you what, 
There will never be a movie that has more Little Empire people in it. Rose is in it. Rose Matafeo from Bones of the Heart. Um, Pax Asadi is in it from the freaking Dangerous Bro Show. Um, who else is in it? Chris Parker is in it, isn't he? Yeah, Chris Parker, Nick Sampson. From The Male Gaze. Nick, Nick Sampson of Walkout Boys. It's fucking head-to-toe podcast hosts who are dabbling and acting. That's how I want to frame it. Yeah, absolutely. Podcasting um, is everyone's main vocation. That is true in New Zealand. Um, I had a, a fuck. What were we talking about just now? Sorry, I feel like I uh, derailed. You're talking. You're asking oh, yeah, ask me a question yes, about yes, yes. So, when you go for roles, do you would you would you enjoy having some direction, stage direction on what to do with your hands written on the scripts? Uh, not necessarily. I just know that it makes me feel more relaxed, but. Uh, to be honest, like I, I, uh, I'm at a point now of still, you know, very mild success, but just comfort within myself. I think where uh, I, I don't worry about that because I'm like, well, I'm essentially going to be cast as a version of myself, and so all I can do mm-hmm. is show up as myself. And if that's what they want, great. And if it's not, I can't do anything about that. So. Uh, I, I don't worry too much about the hand stuff now, but I, I am still attitude. I still carry that awareness within myself, and so I don't know. Actually, I mean that might be a nice a nice uh, slice of variety for the next screening is if if we both really concentrate on the hands of our performers. Sure, uh, sure. I other, welcome any other ideas point. I've had is to focus exclusively on the performance of one of the core four so uh if you just watch charlotte for the whole film even when the filmmakers you know she's in a scene with other actors or characters and you the filmmakers clearly want you to focus on them just mm-hmm. zero in on charlotte and i feel like that's where you're okay. going to probably wind up picking up quite a good a, a, a good number of acting tips you know there are no small roles only small well, actors I, charlotte's an interesting one for that because i've paid very close attention to her during other people's scenes and her reactions that she does and it is Charlotte's job in a lot of scenes to just laugh at the jokes of other Yeah, she does a lot of background laughing. Weak. Yeah. She's very supportive yeah. of her castmates. She does, like, a few of them are pretty weak. Like, when they uh, when they're Carrie's shopping and Charlotte's worried that her life's going to go wrong. and mm-hmm. uh, For the desk. Yeah, and she goes, out with the old and in with the overpriced. Uh I don't know if it was a decision by Kirsten Davis or if it was, you know, Charlotte didn't find the joke as funny, but like it was a very half-hearted sort of, hmm, sort of dismissive laugh that she she doles out there. Whereas, you know, early, I think that's very rough of you to lead with that feedback guy because she, in pretty much every other moment, is very over the yeah, top with well, her support. Yeah, take it. Take the first scene where we we meet her in real time when they're walking to the auction. And uh, she doles out on the Charlotte report. I actually wrote it down. She gives out four big chuckles and also two big, massive sort of skyward looking size. So she's doing a lot of heavy lifting around the edges. And if you watch it once, yeah. it feels naturalistic. But if you keep watching it, it feels very performative. Incredibly so. Yeah, that's so true with her. If you zone in on what she's doing, it it feels very like she's uh, doing acting. Mm. Um, but then again, what can we expect? Movies aren't supposed to be watched in this way. 
Well, yeah, and this I mean, isn't the regular consumption pattern isn't it interesting? of your typical punter. Isn't it interesting? Acting's one of the few vocations where it's like, uh, I she was acting a bit like one of the few jobs where if you do the job too much or you you know put in too much, it becomes negative. It's like you never like an accountant. Oh yeah, they were accounting a bit hard today. But with acting, yeah. you're like, oh no, they were acting a bit. They were reaching a bit. They were acting a bit too hard. I think, yeah, but acting should be, like, too hard means something different in that context, you know? It means it's become unnaturalistic, because surely the goal of any acting is to sell a performance as being believable. Well, not, so not always, hard, that, that's, that is, you know, tone dependent. What the, What is the movie going for? I would not say... Mm. I can't speak to the show, but the, this movie, it sort of, it feels naturalistic, but it's not wholly natural. Like, the world they exist in is rarefied. Is this a real... That's true, but in terms of an actor's job, it's their job to sell that environment as being cohesive and, and actual. Yeah. Oh, man. Who even cares? I wrote something down. Oh, I quite like seeing Dante's penis this episode. Enjoyed yeah. that. Why was that? It's just something a bit different, isn't it, Guy? Um, you know? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, Lord knows I can relate to just really grabbing onto stuff. I got a more negative observation, which was I really don't like the doors uh, that Big chose for the wardrobe. He, oh, he, I thought you meant Jim Morrison. It's like, how dare you? Uh, I... I I don't have anything specifically against the doors, but I don't love them the way I once did. I think they're fine. God, he, he put a lot of stuff out there before he died at the hey, ripe old age of 27. The, where was the doors cover band? Intergalactic. No, that was the Kinks. And, uh, oh, fuck, it was too, the Kinks. They were called Intergalactic Glory Hole. And the, the songs, yeah. of course, not performed in the style of the Kinks, but as a, one of those sort of upbeat late 90s early 2000s ska bands yeah uh, I, d- right. I do want to just finish this point that the doors and i don't know why i would expect mr big to have any taste because the way he dresses himself in this film is appalling <laughs> the the cut of the suits is i don't know i i don't know if it was meant to represent the meltdown he's having but jesus christ it's hard to get behind this guy but he chooses so these acidic. doors that he puts in front of the ward, the hanging racks in the wardrobe. I fucking hate when people put doors in front of the racks. I mean, spaces that are pr- oh, not so much in their home, I guess. Lord knows where they found the space for this huge wardrobe. I imagine it cuts a huge chunk into the courtyard, just this horrible protruding box. But you're so right about that. I cannot imagine a blueprint where this wardrobe works. If you look, but yeah, sorry. Go if you, on. Yeah, if you paint a if you paint a floor map when they're walking around the house initially, and then you see the size of this wardrobe from what it was, it's just it screams of it, com- make any it sense. screams of compromise in huge other parts of the house. But I just I don't like these doors. I really fucking hate these doors. So just to be clear, you're talking about the doors. He goes. So we are inside the wardrobe. We're inside the wardrobe, and yeah, when you walk. So here's. Here's the thing about those doors, guy. I got a theory. I think that those doors are serving as a bit of a temperature and moisture control for the clothes that are in there. So it's kind of like a museum. Like they're keeping them in ideal condition so the clothes are at peak clothesness. Uh yeah, the logic holds true, but no expense has been spared here. Just 
put in an air purifier, you know, like get an HRV, put something in there. Mm. Anyway, that's all That's all by the by. We're running out of time, so I think it's important we do your favorite segment and mine. I don't want to bother you people. Now, Steve has arrived. He is an emotional and physical wreck. He hops out of a cab. He's gate crashing at least the outside of the night before the wedding for Carrie and Big. What in fucking Christ's name does this future mayor of New York City want? He's got a very important question because Steve has set up cameras in what I would call a disturbing number of locations that the girls uh, frequent in their daily lives. And there's a big question mark over what Steve, how he fills his days when Brady's in school. Um, and the answer is he's he's basically reviewing the footage. Uh, he's checking where oh. people are going. He's keeping notes. He's analyzing patterns and oh. behaviors. I do not like this. One question that he needs to put to the uh, party here at the um, the wedding dinner, the the pre wedding dinner, and that is this: um, Hey guys, uh, do you think that uh, the guy that Carrie walked past to get to the lift? At Vogue is the same guy who sold them that penthouse apartment. (laughs) And none of them know what the fuck he's talking about because he's the only person who has seen this guy whatsoever. They can't connect the dots. He hasn't been sleeping a lot, so he's kind of lost his grip on what other people's perception of reality is and... I can't information they have. I can't help but observe an incredible crossover in the sort of information that Steve's consuming and the information that someone like, say, Tim Bat has been consuming recently. There's crossover, no doubt about it. Uh, and hey, but what do you think of that question, though? <laughs> do you reckon it's the same? Do you know the guy I'm talking about? Look, unlike you and Steve, uh, I'm just not quite up to speed with the imagery. So that's, I mean, in addition to the grandmother, the hands. The individual performance of one of the core four. I'm now also yeah. going to be keeping an eye out for this character on their way to the lift. Okay, cool. It's uh, yeah, it is. I'm I'm like 99 sure it's when she's in the Vogue building, and they even say I think there's some AD. Oh no, it's not AD. Actually, response. Someone says like congratulations, and she just pushes past two people to get into the lift. One of them, I'm pretty sure, is the real estate agent. Oh, I felt okay in the middle of this episode, but. Just a dread of... Okay, time to get out. Knowing I'm going back. Get out of the pool. The water's gone But bad. not before not before you give me a haiku to describe your emotional state right now, and then I will do the same. This, or I could lead if you wish. This movie is long. Life is very short. I know... We have made error. (laughs) This feels like bullying. Can you hurry up? Sex and the city. I need not watch this no more, for I am a man. We go. Ah! 
we just have a good rhythm together, you know. I, he sort of feels me out, I feel him out, and uh, we go for it. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.